So I joined the Monome community as someone that lurked on the Monome site, uh, but had never bought a Monome, didn't know anything about Max MSP. And I was very guitar focused at that point and bass focused, but I loved it all. Um, so I just wanted to feel part of the community and, and these things were happening. But I think the first one that I got involved was, was with volume 12 of the MCRP. And I was teamed up with uh, Poor Pot uh, and we made a track. You are listening to Sound and Process, Episode 7. Thank you so much for joining me. That was Simeon Smith describing his involvement in his very first Monum Community Remix project, or MCRP. For those who don't know, prior to March 2015, Lines, the online community that this podcast explores, didn't exist. In its place simply stood the Monum Forum. And as you'll hear later in the episode, it held much of the same energy in those early days as Lines does now. And one of the hallmarks of this spirit was MCRP, a project rooted in musical collaboration between these original members. A loose process was followed. Users would submit samples which formed the only raw material able to be used in the final songs. Over the course of 18 volumes, including two holiday iterations, an earthquake disaster relief compilation, and a memorial for user VGA Forrest, who passed away from complications related to leukemia, the unique care and respect these strangers on the internet had for each other found manifestation. After the line's migration, it took little time before this project was rebranded as LCRP, the Lines Community Remix Project. The latest iteration, which is titled New Noise, is one of the most packed community remix projects in a long time. Its contributors range from decade-old members to lurkers who joined just to participate. This episode of Sound and Process features reflections from many of these creators, discussing their unique approaches to working with the same samples. Every piece of music featured is from the resulting album, which can be freely downloaded or affordably purchased at lcrp.bandcamp.com. As always, Sound and Process is made possible through a special group of generous contributors via Patreon. If you'd like to join them and directly contribute to the growth of the podcast, visit us at patreon.com slash soundandprocess. We'll begin with Thorsten Vieth, who curated New Noise. So the Lions Community Remix Project, um, anyone that, that participates in it submits two original samples. And there's almost no rule attached to kind of what those samples are other than Typically, the guideline is make one that's that's more or less melodical and another one that's vaguely rhythmical. But it could be anything. People submit six-minute field recordings of stuff. People do like one-shot samples sometimes. So there's really anything that you feel fits and would be interesting for other people to use as source material as, as fair game. This prompt was perfect for someone like Armina. I record sounds as a field recorder for like a few years for my personal personal use. So I dove into my into my samples library, and uh, I remembered that I had this uh, this giant iron gate, which I recorded uh, for a movie shooting. I 
I was very, very fond of the sound. Uh, so I, I just had to, to use it somewhere and I, I thought it would be a, a great idea to, to, to give it to the community so people can do things with it. The second sample is the sound of a door also, uh, which comes from the building of the university in which I work. It is um, a building that I, I really like to, to explore at different times in the year to, to find new, new sounds inside of it. So um, I stumbled upon this fire door. It was like uh, on a, an evening, there was nobody in the building, which allowed me to, to get these very subtle brushing sounds from the door. Contributions range from these lovely atmospheric field recordings to full-on instrumentals, depending on the sounds that interested the music maker most. For his samples, Duncan relied on his collection of analog modules. I did it all in Eurorack Modular, uh, which I've been playing with and collecting, I suppose, or accumulating for the last um, couple of years. The percussive patch was uh, the tip-top audio trigger riot firing triggers, some which were sort of regular and some were uh, a little more random. Using that then to create like a kick from the Mannequin's Mangrove using the Make Noise Optimix and a bit more of a sort of snappy sound from Hex Inverter VC Noise with a really tight envelope from Maths. And finally, a um, tip-top audio 808 Hats which uh, had a, like a pitch CV coming from a Turing machine. The melodic patch was a bit more involved. Um, the two sound sources was an IntelliGel Rubicon and the Make Noise DPO run into either side of a, uh, an IntelliGel Corgasmatron filter and then running that out into uh, to make noise mod demix and ring modding that crossfading using uh, Ansible in cycles mode. And as Evan Hartzell proves, sometimes the best instruments are the ones you have on you. I did some uh, percussion sounds with uh, the lid of my clean canteen with about a third full of water and opened some cookies and did some vocals. Viva! At the end of the sample collection, the person organizing, which was me in the last one, then shares all the submitted samples to all the participants. And, and that sample pool then becomes the only sound source you can use to make a track. Um, obviously, you can then start cutting up, pitching, applying uh, effects, whatever you want to do with the samples. Um, that's perfectly fine, but they can be the only sound source for the finished track. Um, that kind of leads to insanely different results for, for different people based on who they are and what tools they're using and what approaches they have and processes they have to, to create their, their musical output. Though the raw material was fixed, artists still found ways to further challenge their process. Michael Hetrick settled on some rather unique parameters. 
My primary restriction for this piece is I wanted to use only effects that I had written. I run a plugin company called Unfiltered Audio, so I wanted to kind of restrict myself to my own tools with the exception of reverb, uh, because I don't think I'm going to write a better reverb than Valhalla. I had edited it in an unusual way so that it's kind of a um, three-bar loop, but it's almost in a triplet time compared to the rest of the rhythm. We have sort of a polymeter here um, where some of the rhythms are in three bars, some of them are in five bars, um, and they've also been time-stretched in a way to make their tempos match unevenly, but they kind of go in and out of phase. The primary melody uh, is two layers of the declutter sample. One of the instances of the declutter sample has Valhalla room on it. The other instance is unprocessed. However, the two layers are grouped together and run through uh, Unfiltered Audio's fault, which acts as a pitch and frequency shifter, um, along with an unusual auto panning effect. The primary pulsating baseline is the sample by Simon Smith. That is also running through an instance of fault that is applying an octave shift downward and an instance of unfiltered audio's indent which is adding some light saturation to it. The main meat of the piece is this layered percussion track. Um, I'm using three different samples here. I'm using Zedco's Pattern 9. Um, Alessandro Bonino's Semi-Percussive. And FJNA's uh, Percussive Track. Um, and then the entire group runs through Brainworks Subsynth, which is a uh, bottom end reinforcement effect. Um, and then a beta version of Spec Ops, which is our upcoming spectral processing effect. And that's how I got those kind of smeared transients uh, on the drum loop, um, while also leaving it somewhat sharp and in contrast to the fuzzier um, pad sounds that are on the rest of the track. The prospect of participating in LCRP appeals on so many levels. It is a framework to shake current habits. The very nature of the project demands new approaches for those who do not typically work with samples. For many, LCRP is an opportunity to push their ideas beyond the planning and tinkering stages. Accountability for a finished product is public. And though the community is forgiving of withdrawals, there's an innate joy in the process that keeps many committed. This is Anton from Sweden. This is the first time I uh, I participate in uh, in LCRP. It was so much fun um, hearing other people's samples, getting in inspired by them, and uh, just actually having a deadline really helps me focus on uh, on uh, finalizing stuff. I think I've been in the in the Lions community and Monome community 
as a lurker, basically. And I've been a Monoma owner for a very long time, but I'm not all that active on the forums. The sounds I used were um, the easel bass I really liked. from uh, PA UK and a lot of the percussive elements I mean nose noise and uh, field recordings and just found sound I use that a lot for the per percussion. But then I, th I think it's quite hard to make out because uh, I uh, used a lot of effects and automation and stuff like that. It's quite easy to get carried away with automation and effects. This is this is basically me experimenting with uh, with sounds, effects, and uh, repetition. I, I basically took snippets of samples from the submitted ones, put them into the sampler, the Renoise sampler, the built-in one, and just uh, played and tried out ideas, recorded sequences, mostly without quantizing stuff and uh, I can say there's a lot of just like uh, happy accidents I felt something was missing so I tried looping uh, the patterns I had created really uh, short sections of the patterns like looping three lines within a 64 line pattern I had created there was something I liked in that and what came out of that. So I, I went on from there and creating a two-minute arrangement from those uh, small uh, mini patterns. As mentioned earlier, New Noise is one of the most far-reaching remix projects in recent history. One artist in particular, Pauk, is one of the oldest members in the Monum community, and for Thorsten, his involvement felt like a blessing for the new compilation. Because I hadn't, like, I haven't seen his name on the forum for years, and that could be just me not tracking properly. But that was that was fantastic. Because I mean, he's been around forever, um, and uh, to have someone like him come up and and really have this LCRP be a mix of of some people that have been part of the community for I don't know more than ten years for sure, um, and always been active contributing back. Um, with sounds, but also with own, own patches and whatever. And so that, that some of those people um, are excited by a project like this and, and sign up and, and send in tracks that are phenomenal. And then also have people that literally are on the forum only for about a week or two and then see this thing come up and go like, oh, fantastic, I, I want to be part of that. I've been in love with the Monum concept since the first time I've seen Ken playing. I remember I thought, I want this. I really want it. 
And since then, my way of making electronic music, especially playing live, have changed it to good. I don't have to hide behind my laptop anymore. I can just look my monum for hours. It's a place of knowledge, peace and friendship. Here is where MCRP took it its place. It was a great opportunity to create something together. I've been part of it for 11 times, I think. For me, MCRP was a good way to force me into creating something with deadlines and limitations. First of all, I always had a listen of the samples and tried to make a selection for different groups, like drums, melodies, bass and kind of effects or voices. After that, I tried to begin playing on the ones I like most and make a second selection, where I begin discarding some of them. Then I begin the composing part using samples with simple as possible, with just the sampler of Ableton and maybe some reverb. Sometimes I just take grains, but I think it's too easy creating sounds with grains. I prefer to not transform them and keep them something like the original ones. I chop the drums, samples, and I make my own drum racks, layering sounds to create the basic tones for drums, like kicks, snares, claps, or hi-hats. And after that, and having all the material with it, I just create some clips and try to trigger them from the modem with my pages setup and begin playing with those clips. As I said, I try to keep it simple. As excited as Thorsten was about Pauk, I was thrilled to see Glia on the roster. His piece, one of the trio of untitled works that anchors the album, compiles everything I love about his music. He's also a moderator for Alliance, and his personal pursuits of intellectual and spiritual balance add so much to the community. As he tells the history, those early MCRPs were the gateway. My exposure to the monom as an instrument and the community as a, a real force for creativity and inspiration was the compilation that was put out in like owner operator uh, edison a bunch of other people were on there it's just good music good electronic music and kind of showed the potential of the instrument and like the vibrant stylistic differences and different users even back at that time so I was really excited when I had the first opportunity, which happened to be MCRP2, to get involved in a similar type of compilation. And since then, I've also been a part of MCRP8, and then obviously this latest edition. But I kind of always paid attention to them, just seeing how the community members themselves changed, how some of the people who were on multiple approached the project each time and it was just really interesting as far as being a part of it to see how other people chose their samples how they manipulated the samples and then obviously too how they prepared theirs to share with others when we were sourcing each other's samples (laughs) 
loaded them this time in Max App 2020. It's like a Looper Effects sequencer combination patch. And uh, I just kind of messed around with different samples and recorded the whole time and ended up taking some excerpts from that session to use. Just a different, different approach to trying to figure out how to sample without hardware. I'm glad I was able to be a part of it this time, and I'm just stunned by the contributions of the other users. These types of compilations, I think, are really powerful to get everybody working together and just maybe stepping out of their comfort zone or even just releasing things that they would not have normally shared and tackling, sampling in their own way or showing their own little angle on how they approach work like this. I've been probably on the forum off and on, starting with, with the mono, the old Monom forum, I'm guessing coming up to about a decade. But it, it always was a really inspiring hangout. Um, and I think LCRP is even, is even better than that. So, so I, I felt very happy when the idea came up and was frankly completely blown away by the response in terms of number of people, but also in terms of the individual samples that were um, sent in and, and obviously the outcome. It was just a lot more active and people were way more excited than I was expecting them to be. Um, and that was that was so nice to see. I keep on coming back to this thing, is that I think the Monome community was so much more than a club for people who owned grids. And we obviously all have some kind of interest in the same type, the same brand of electronic music, but that's great. It doesn't mean we can break out of that. And on the new... Uh, site there were two things i wanted to get started one was the share your own music thread and i wanted to start the lcrp for me it's all about the samples it's all about uh, finding samples that you love and keeping them and showcasing them in their best possible light I just love uh, IO Flow's work on the piano, on the keys. Um, so as soon as I saw that there was stuff you'd done, I was like, right, I'm using that. And then I listened to it and it was every bit as good as I was hoping it to be. So really I just kind of mangled that, chopped it up, tried to reharmonize it a little bit, um, tried to create something slightly new, but still respecting the source material, and then add in other samples around that. process is very, especially when I'm with sample, working with samples, is very Ableton based. Um, is I, I open up the samples in Ableton and I get like three or four tracks of them each. But there's so many great tools in Ableton for it. You know, you can stick things in so many different ways of sampling, um, be it the drum racks, uh, be it the actual sample um, instruments, um, be it through the effects, be it through just dragging in an audio track and and chopping it up and uh, and using the time stretching and repitching. So that's how I did the whole track, I think. Simeon not only ushered in a new era of remix projects, he also mastered new noise. My approach to mastering um, 
you kind of have to split it down um, and this is the same with production things that I do is um, when you're looking at either a production or, or a master especially the master is looking at the technical things that need to happen and then look at the creative things that need to happen it's, it's the decision making really it's like how, how should this sound and what what elements should we bring together to make this uh, sound cohesive especially with a compilation um, I, I use the universal audio package uh, most of the stuff is the stuff it just comes with, so the Pultec EQ is what I use. I'm a bass player, so I love LA-2As, uh, so that's what I use there. And then on the stereo uh, and reverb kind of front, what you want is something unobtrusive. You don't want it to sound particularly a particular way, um, especially if you're doing it uniform across a number of tracks. You want something that's, that's just going to give it a little bit of space, a little bit of sparkle. Um, I really like the Focusrite uh, plugins for that. Um, and sometimes I do root things out into my spring reverb and back in, and that's just a standard dope fur. But yeah, my approach is very much sort the technical things out that need sorting, uh, get it the right uh, loudness and kind of clean up the mixes and make it you know, get them the mix cutting where I want it to and get the overall EQ of the tracks right um, and then I try and start on the creative processes and my creative process is very much the kind of space that I want it to inhabit the kind of the, the, the reverb the stereo field um, and then on the multiband I think that's that kind of where it brings it all together was quite straightforward for me because I already had participated in a quite similar process. We have one in France which is called Mixage Fou. This means crazy mix, basically. I participated in almost every edition. Basically, I like the concept of having a sound bank which is imposed to you. It removes uh, a great deal of the difficulty of making a track, for me at least. So it was really fun to to do. I just I, I opened my uh, my station, which is uh, Ardour. I used the transposition, time stretching features, and also I have used some external software, which were Virtual ANS, a, an emulation of the uh, of a Russian optical synthesizer from the 60s, which is a freeware. And I also have used a, a program called Cecilia, which which is a front end for C-Sound, which makes it very easy to to graphically de design some granulation or resonant filters. So it makes it easy to work fast and efficiently. It's my first time participating in this project. I'm quite a recent member of this community because I I read uh, the Monom forum for like, I don't know, 
a few years ago, but I only took the step to to buy a grid and to involve myself in in using it uh, only something like two years ago. It's very interesting to, as a community, to be able to to run such projects actually, because I don't know, it's it's very open. You can, I like the spirit of anyone can participate. Something that's interesting also is that there are participants of all backgrounds. So you have professional music makers. You have also people which are for for whom it's more a leisure maybe. But uh, all the output is of great quality, which is very interesting. It's it's diverse, and at the same time, it has some some common properties. And it's not only due to the fact that everyone used the same samples. To me, it's uh, an inspirational thing because when I witnessed the former LCRP project, I was like, wow, the, those people are, are like really committed. They make things happen. And it's, it's interesting for, for everyone, even those who don't participate because they can maybe get some motivation, which I need myself sometimes. And maybe in a few years I I will why not even host one if I if I have the, the well if I grow as a member of the community, you know. The remix project is a rite of passage that brings members to what feels like a deeper involvement in the community. For those thinking of curating a release, Steve Oath has some words of wisdom. In the summer of 2016 I offered to curate an LCRP. And that's a really different experience to participating from the artist's side. I have to be really organised, make sure the samples are collated properly and then distributed to all the contributors in good time. And I think that that was where I let myself down slightly, where a few of the samples were inadvertently left out because I wasn't really that good at um, keeping track of communications between artists. So hopefully if I get another chance to, to curate, then I can I can make amends from that. But as a spectator, hearing the samples as they came in and then hearing the songs as they came in was unbelievable. The music and the creativity from all the participants never, never fails to to inspire. I was just kind of honoured to be the one that got to decide when to, to, to release them and actually got to hear the tracks for the first time kind of put me in a privileged experience. New Noise also gave Steve some unique opportunities to cross-pollinate his goals for the year, one of which was to build his own instrument. My own samples came about in a combination of two things I've been quite interested in exploring recently. Um, looking at um, folk techs, microgarden. I, I was really interested in trying to recreate a device that was that was a kind of similar nature. So, I, I actually built a box with a whole bunch of wires and and things hanging off it, and inside there was some little tiny pickups that I'd picked up a bunch of for a couple of pounds, um, and I thought I'd put them to put them to use here. Uh, the output then was wired into uh, a couple of delays and the the new neighbour wet reverb and then as I was hitting the the box I was 
playing playing about with the Catlin bread bell epoch speed up slow down the delay in real time get some nice almost musical artifacts there Um, after that, that was run into uh, a Behringer um, echo pedal, the clone of a, a the, the Line 6 um, delay stomp box modeler. Again, just to play about and try and get some, some kind of nice interaction between the two delays. It's quite a nice combination of kind of little project that started in the new year to try and um, build this device and then kind of combine it with my love of delaying reverb pedals. I tried something that I'd, I'd never attempted before to create something that's up-tempo and normally I end up doing kind of downbeat hip-hop-ish type things um, in the MCRPs and the LCRPs so this time I went to crank up the, the BPM so we're up at 208 BPM that was a starting point the first thing I did was to create uh, a drum rack and after kind of looking through the samples I, I picked out a whole bunch that were, were quite easy to snip out snares and bass drums and hats and things like that and of plenty of uh, beat repeat on I'm just going to keep it interesting um, the other thing I wanted to do this time that's something I'd never done before which was to use a sample from everybody that's participating so I created a second drum rack in Ableton and chopped out very small portions of interesting sounds and created a randomising um, rack so I started off with an arpeggiator going into a random utility which then went into the drum rack with all the samples from there there was some effects band plays reverbs things like that um so beat repeats um, auto panning um, and some delay to create kind of something quite dynamic that kind of plays in the whole stereo field of the of the, of the track there's also samples from angel that's constant throughout the whole track. To contrast Steve's approach of playing with every sample as an instrument, Alessandro Benino let the samples play his. Uh, I'm not really used to work with samples. So after trying to uh, collate and layer uh, the sample contributed by the community, I, I basically failed totally. I tried to have another approach and I created a playlist in VLC with all the samples and I played them inside the modular and uh, inside the filters and resonators and uh, processors like rings, clouds and uh, all the modular played the rest. It was basically one uh, session triggered by the samples, using the samples as voices, but not recognizable at all.
I participated in LRCP for the first time and uh, this year I decided to subscribe to Lines and uh, in my propositions for the year there was this one that I have to make music. I have to make music and I have to finish something because so much time has passed that I never reached uh, an end of, of something. And it was ages that I said to myself, finish something, and now I wanted to do it, and I did it, and I'm very, very happy. You know, it's very, very, I, it feels like a, an accomplishment, really. Uh, I'm really happy, I love the community, I love the project, and I'm gonna contribute whenever I can, really. Zegka offers a simpler, yet equally effective approach. felt like I had to sort of extract something that wasn't obvious because the all the same sounds on it, immediately there's a challenge to kind of make your track sound that little bit different find little snippets of stuff but I kind of there was this kind of main sort of throbby sort of synthy kind of burst that kind of that I looped and I hooked everything around that because that was what I got into I've got a slightly outdated version of Pro Tools and a slightly outdated PC don't even use it to half its sort of capacity apply any great um, overarching sort of philosophy to the way I approach a track. I look for a kind of groove, I think, um, and loop. I think loops were kind of in my thinking where I was wanted to sort of get something going. found something I liked and I hooked everything else off of it and then I tried to duck out my main loop as much as possible so it didn't dominate. I think I wanted something between ambient and more present. I wanted a sort of groove, I wanted different sounds to slip in and out, I wanted a kind of an organic kind of feel, playing around with sort of metaphors in my mind, you know, about what the sound is. I'd like to end with a few key reflections that really capture the resonance of LCRP and the significance of the Lions community for its members. What I love about it so much is I think I find the question that electronic music poses to be way too open-ended and sometimes it uh, introduces a lot of anxiety or writer's block into the recording process because you can tackle it from you know, any number of ways from something as simple to a 4-4 only all-in-one groove box to drawing every sample by hand. And I, I think that restricting this problem space uh, with a set of enforced rules and this sort of community spirit really helps me get into a creative flow state. I used to play in bands all the time in high school and grade school. And I think there is something really important about uh, collaborating with others and sharing ideas. And 
I think that shines through in this process, even though you're not directly working on the track with someone, uh, by sharing these samples and by sharing these rules, you are, in fact, working with another person, and that's great. I think it's cool that you can put something up there and someone around the world can think about it, comment on it, and say, yeah, but this. So I've learned a lot. I feel really stoked to be a part of it. The variety of music produced for the final release was, again, quite indicative of just how rich the Lions community is and the variety of creative talent. As a compilation, I think it works It works super well. And it's it's this mix of people that are either around for a week or around for 15 years. Doesn't doesn't really make a difference there. It's great. When I joined the first time, and, and I'm guessing it's about 10 years ago, and, and really the trigger then was purely a, a gear-focused one. I saw one of the like very first Monom 64 grids and just wanted to find out more. So I just signed up and started reading through. And even if it was kind of driven by this interest in a specific piece of gear um, initially, it already had the makeup of being a special place in a way. And it already had a sense of, of community. And whatever you say basically is met with kind of a respectful approach that you would expect as well if you were in the same room with someone else. So that's not it, it doesn't seem to have, weirdly enough, this this tendency that almost every other online platform that I'm on seems to have that people, because it's online and because it's anonymous to a large degree, they feel compelled to say stuff that they would never say in real life in the same room with, with another person. But that sort of behavior doesn't seem to exist by and large on the Lions Forum. And it's it's what for me now makes it much beyond the the whole gear angle. It's it's this hangout of of people you actually just like. Thank you so much for joining us for Sound and Process Episode Seven. LCRP New Noise. Every time I listen to the work of members of this community, I'm inspired to make more of my own. So come and join us at LLLLLLL. That's 8Ls.co. Or just pick up a copy of LCRP New Noise at LCRP.bandcamp.com. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.